Hello there. I am Chris Lay, the podcast operations manager for Lee Enterprises, and this is Behind the Headlines, where our host, Terry Barr, will be interviewing journalists from across America about the work that went into their stories and made an impact in their communities and the country at large. When Nebraska officials refused to release information relating to the number of residents getting COVID-19 vaccinations, Omaha World Herald reporters Henry Cordes and Julie Anderson dug deep into federal data. What they found last year was the widest gap in the country between urban and rural vaccination rates. In this episode of Behind the Headlines, Terry Barr is going to talk with Cordes and Anderson to get answers to some of the big questions surrounding their work. Questions like, why was there such a difference? Did any other states have similar numbers? And do those gaps still remain in 2022? Cordes and Anderson also tell Terry how their reporting led to some interesting efforts to get more people vaccinated, along with the impact the pandemic continues to have on their own lives. We'll include links to articles from Omaha.com in the show notes. And you can subscribe to Behind the Headlines while you're there if you want to make sure to catch all of our upcoming episodes as soon as they hit the internet. If you appreciate what we're doing with this program, we encourage you to invest in local journalism and support the Omaha World Herald or whichever newspaper it is that serves your community. It's the work of local reporters that make shows like this and so many others you enjoy possible. Now, here's Terry with Henry Cordes and Julie Anderson of the Omaha World Herald. Thanks, Chris, for that uh, nice introduction. I'm Terry Barr, and I'm talking with reporters Henry Cordes and Julie Anderson. Now, Henry and Julie are with the Omaha World Herald and uh, started work on the COVID-19 pandemic story more than two years ago. Um, Julie, let me start with you. As a health reporter, what did you first find out? I mean, we started hearing about this, what, December of, gosh, was it 2019? That's correct. Um, and we got, Nebraska got involved in the COVID story so shortly after they discovered the virus in China, or the virus was originally found in China because um, Nebraska served as the host of some folks, U.S. citizens who were repatriated and brought back from Wuhan, China, and they stayed here at, they were under observation at a National Guard camp just west of Omaha. And so, and then we played host to um, the University of Nebraska Medical Center and its clinical partner, Nebraska Medicine, um, took care of some folks who were um, evacuated from a cruise ship off the coast of Japan that was had kind of been overrun by COVID. So we've been going at it ever since. Yeah, Julie, I, remind me of why, I can't remember why we ended up being ground zero for those folks coming from Wuhan. Why did they bring them out here? Because um, UNM, University of Nebraska, UNMC and Nebraska Med are a one of the country's, uh, what is it, 10, I think it is, I'd have to double check, but we are one of a few um, places in the country that um, are under contract and under work for the, do work, cooperate with the federal government, the US Health and Human Services to um, deal with disaster preparedness. And these same folks, many of these same doctors and researchers um, cared for Ebola patients 
in 2014 after they were after we for three of them were brought back here from um, from the from West Africa during that Ebola outbreak. So they're used to it. This is what they trained for, and subsequently, even once the coronavirus epidemic pandemic got going, then they were also from that same health system. They were also provide in the university. They were providing training for people around the world, um, you know, how to handle these patients and what precautions to take. You know, I I was a radio reporter at the time, and I just remember watching the numbers crawl up and up and up and up and just thinking, how can this be happening? What do either of you remember before we even heard the talk of, okay, we're going to have these vaccines and they're rolling out fast. We're just watching numbers crawl up in the direction we didn't want it to go. I mean, the numbers are uh, are really critical. I mean, in this pandemic, I mean, like I said, I'm not a healthcare reporter, but um, uh, I'm more of a general assignment reporter, but I'm very comfortable working with data. And it became very obvious in the pandemic early, very early on that data was going to be critical and the numbers were critical to understand what was going on. You needed to understand, you know, how many cases you were having and what, how cases were trending and on deaths and, um, and, uh, and so very early on, we had to try to find reliable sources of data. And, and sadly, early on, that really wasn't necessarily the government. Um, the, the, in, in the, under the Trump administration, um, the CDC was not very robust in its sharing of information and, and data. And so we came to rely on the New York Times and uh, an organization of researchers that was called COVID Act Now that um, um, are that uh, were kind of putting the numbers together. Uh, that once the Biden administration came in, CDC became very robust on on data and and, uh, uh, and made it made it very downloadable. And that's and that's how the vaccination story, frankly, came about. It was. Um, in Nebraska, we've also had our data frustrations because we've had a, a, a our, our governor has has not been as forthcoming on data as we have wanted, and and that was particularly true the vaccination rollout. We kept trying asking, what are the vaccination figures in the counties, and the the state would not give them to us, mm. and so I was very excited when I was bumping around the CDC data website one day and saw boom, there was downloadable data county by county for every, not only Nebraska counties, which we were obviously most interested in, but every county in the country. And as a data nerd, I I just started having a lot of fun with that. (laughs) That's great. Thank you for doing that. My goodness. And in the end, with, with you looking at the data and doing these stories, I guess what surprised me in some ways is knowing how large that discrepancy ended up being, and maybe it still is, and you can tell me that when it comes to people who live in the city and people who live in the country. It's huge, the disparity between who's getting vaccinated. What is happening? Why why is that happening or, or why was it happening? Well, I'll start on that, and then Julie can address it more from a healthcare perspective. I mean, I actually wasn't super surprised to learn that Nebraska had the biggest disparity between urban and rural, because we are a pretty unusual state in that way. Most people think of Nebraska and they think of cows, right? And 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 that's really, the, there's a reason there's truth to that. There's more cows than people in, in a lot of parts of Nebraska. 
but but Nebraska actually is also a state that has two very a very pretty sizable metro area, and then our second largest city is a pretty sizable metro area. You put those two together, you're talking about almost two thirds of the people in the state live in metro areas, and and there are metropolitan areas. They aren't New York, but but they but uh, so they're not totally cosmopolitan, but but they are. They they think think like city people do, and then you have these rural parts of the state that are that um, are uh, uh, are very conservative and um, uh, and and don't really listen to people who want to tell them what to do. I mean, they're going to do what they they feel is right. And but Julie Julie is the one who talked to a lot of the local health directors, and uh, and she would probably have a better perspective on that. What did they say, Julie? Um, well, the, there's just a great deal. As, as you know, there was a great deal of vaccine hesitancy to start up. There was an initial rush of people who were wanted their vaccines and they wanted them now. And once we got past that, then things tailed off. And really, there still remains hesitancy out there. Some people, the health directors would tell me that, you know, some people are still not convinced this is a serious disease. Some people are still con are convinced that, there's really no need to get vaccinated, and in in some rural in some rural areas where you live, you know some of these ranches, in fact, are like and sixty miles away from out of away from the nearest town. Mm -hmm. So you don't you're not having a lot of exposure to people outside your household, and that then there was also hesitancy hesitancy around the fact that the vaccines have been developed very quickly, yeah. despite fact that the platform that they were working from has been under development and people have been studying it for like 20 years and then there was there are all these concerns and about fertility which turned out to not be the case the latest story to the latest study today showed that is indicating that you're more likely to suffer infertility in the short term men um, if you've had COVID um, so so all of those things compounded, and then you also had a lot of leftovers from that Trump administration when there was a great deal of doubt cast upon the vaccines and how they worked. So what, what was the biggest discrepancy? I know both of you mentioned that there was a rural county that at one point only had 11% of the population vaccinated. What was the difference to maybe one of the urban counties and let me jump ahead too with that. How does it look right now? Right. Well, one thing I found, I mean, unfortunately, really one of the saddest things about this entire pandemic is how politicized everything became, not just vaccinations, but wearing masks. And it didn't need to get political. Health has never been a political thing before, but for whatever reason, it became that. And, 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 uh, there's no doubt that uh, President Trump helped help make that happen because of the, the, the attitude that he took towards some of those things, uh, particularly masking and such. Um, and, and, and it did, it just became um, very politicized. And one thing that I noticed, uh, and I mentioned this in the story, I compared um, basically partisan breakdown I mean, how Republican is a county to how how many how, what percentage of the population is refusing to get vaccinated, and the correlation there was just amazing. I mean, basically, 
I think it was the of the this the five most Republican counties in the state by voter registration were also among the six least vaccinated counties. I mean, so it it absolutely did tend to follow very closely along partisan lines. And in our urban areas in Nebraska are, are more democratic. In fact, people might remember that in the last um, presidential election, you know, Nebraska is one of those few states that splits up its electoral votes and the electoral vote in Omaha went to Joe Biden. And so, so the politics actually does explain a lot of, of these differences. And, and because these things are so entrenched, I can tell you, even though we did that story six months ago, mm -hmm. the numbers have not changed that much. The, the urban rates, uh, most of the urban folks who were gonna get vaccinated have already gotten vaccinated. The, the number was, it was 60% urban before, I would say it's probably maybe 65% or, or more, uh, it, it probably between 65 and 70 now yeah. in our <laughs> urban counties. I haven't crunched the numbers. Um, and, but I can tell you those rural counties that were really low, they're still really low. That one that was 11% is now all the way up to 14%. So wow. uh, even with the variants a, we've seen that, that doesn't seem to even across the country impact the numbers in a great way of people then running out to get vaccinated. Um, what, what next, what, what do you guys do next with this story? How do you feel about, um, continuing a story like this? more than two years later? Well, obviously we're still watching those numbers. Um, in fact, Douglas County, which is includes Omaha now is up, just hit 70% according to the report today that came out today. Oh, okay. Woohoo. Um, so, <laughs> so, and the health directors tell me, you know, we are slowly gaining a few more people as we go. And Henry's, um, when Henry pulled the numbers last week, um, for our local story for the state, um, it did indicate that there's been some, you know, very slow increase. Um, but yeah. really, really, kids are not getting vaccinated at the rate that they should, and so we still do see these. And we're going to, and as we keep fighting Omicron, it's more important than ever to get boosted. And those rates are not particularly high either. Right. Yeah. The. Uh, um... I did look just just what happens. I looked at those numbers for the first time. I just thought uh, last week uh, I, I in looking at the CDC data, I thought, let's look at how many first time uh, adults got shots last week. And I was surprised it was six thousand, you know, which is um, uh, in a state of almost two million. That's not a huge amount. But but it was something. I mean, I was kind of surprised to see that. The, you know, more than a year after vaccinations had become available, there were 6,000 adults that finally decided to get a first shot that, that previous week. So it could mean that maybe Omicron is, is changing some people's thoughts. I mean, there were some other things that happened, like employment mandates that happened. And, but most of those were, again, instituted months ago. And I, I would think we've already seen the impact of that. So it could be that Omicron, it, you know, we don't really know what's behind those numbers, but it could be that Omicron is finally uh, spurring some people to do that. I mean, but that's the sad thing. I mean, here we are um, more than a year after vaccines are available vaccines that have proven very effective in 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 preventing uh, serious illness and death. And right now, cases in Nebraska are at their highest point ever because of Omicron. And, and it's not even close. They're more than two times, probably approaching three times what our previous high was. So it's just crazy how much the numbers have grown.
we're, we're talking about one of your readers' most popular stories. Um, and Henry, as you mentioned, this was a story six months ago. And now talking with both of you, being able to sort of update where the story is gone, which unfortunately it hasn't gone very far. What were the readers' reactions? Because obviously we know that this was a well-read story. Did you get any emails or replies or anything like that from readers after a story like the one that we're talking about? Do you remember a response, Julie? I, I, they, anytime you weigh into a, a political a topic that's become politicized, I mean, people will weigh in on whatever, uh, whatever side. Uh, I do remember I, I, I did get several readers comment about the the lead of the story because we led with the, you know, a billboard that had gone up in rural Nebraska about um, about. Uh, uh, where the there was a rural health district that was trying to convince their ranchers out there to to get vaccinated and so they said you wouldn't not vaccinate your cattle so why wouldn't you vaccinate yourself and and uh, and it was the billboard became a real talker and so it was a natural thing for me to lead the story on and, and I I included a line about that uh, following that about herd immunity and I had several people kind of emailed me they thought that 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 was that was very funny and uh, uh, that billboard definitely was a talker out there I bet and I know <laughs> you noted in the story story too, um, that people were stopping and taking selfies with this billboard. <laughs> so it got people's attention, but um, I guess where we are right now, do you feel like your work is, is going to have to really push forward on this? And are you guys exhausted by all of this? Yeah, talk to Julie about that. She's oh. the one. I, I, I always I want to ask Julie, when is this going to end, Julie? What is it going to take for mm -hmm. this to end? Um, well, I wish I knew. Um, in fact, right now we're in the middle of a, a ton of different uh, of as experts nationally. You know, some folks are saying that it will wind down, that Omicron will be the end of this. And because everyone will be either vaccinated or infected or exposed in some way, shape or form. Um, but others are saying maybe not. Um, we've got a, that we could have some long ways to go that eventually, but we are, you know, obviously people are starting to learn to live with it. And it's just a matter of, you know, taking the proper precautions. Sometimes you have to take risks and very much people have to calibrate what their own risk tolerance is in this. Um, so we're just going to keep following the numbers. Our numbers, as Henry mentioned, our case counts, our hospitalization rates are still going up. And at a time when our hospitals have less capacity than they had the first time we hit our highest number of COVID hospitalizations. So we'll still be watching it. And yeah, I mean, we're, I'm certainly tired. I would certainly like to write about something else for a good while. Um, but, you know, at the same time, we're just writing about it. We're not having to take care of people in, right. in hospitals. And so, so we, can, we can hack it. Thank you, Julie. How about um, Henry, anything that, that you want to add that you think would be interesting for the listeners? This, this has been a fascinating conversation. Well, um, no, I don't have anything to add other than what, until it ends, and we're going to continue to follow the story. I mean, that's what we do. I mean, that we're in the uh, business to help keep 
readers informed um, of, of important topics. And I, I can't I tell you this story has been one of the most uh, amazing ones that uh, I'd ever I've dealt with it in my whole time at the paper. I mean, if I just 10 years ago, I wouldn't have even imagined uh, writing a story, <laughs> let alone doing it for two years to be covering a story like this. Yeah. But we but we'll be there for our readers as long as it takes. Excellent. Your readers are very lucky in uh, Nebraska. So thank you for that. Uh, everybody, again, reporters Henry Cordes and Julie Anderson, they are with the Omaha World Herald. And of course, we started with a deep dive backwards on COVID-19 and the pandemic and where we are today. And I think as we've all mentioned we're not a whole lot further along, but hopefully uh, the more we talk about it like this, maybe it'll start inching forward. And I look forward to talking with you again down the road, and hopefully we have some better news to share at that point. But thank yeah. you so, so much for sharing what it's been like for both of you to report on this. Thank you. Yeah, good to talk to you, Terry. Henry and Julie are still out there covering this story, even if state officials hold back on releasing new information. So be sure to check Omaha.com for additional reporting. Like I said at the beginning, we will include links to articles from Omaha.com in the show notes. And if you appreciate what we're doing with this program, we still encourage you to invest in local journalism and support Omaha World Herald or whichever newspaper it is that serves your community. It's the work of these local reporters that make shows like this and so many others that you enjoy possible. I'm Chris Lay, and for myself and Terry, thank you for listening to Behind the Headlines from Lee Enterprises. <laughs>